0: Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, lightning strikes in Toronto, and good news, Ducks fans, the Bruins are out of the playoffs. Wait, why is that good news for the Ducks? I'll explain on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network or TLOPN or TOLOPIN. Alright, how's everyone doing? Hope everyone had a good weekend. I'm your humble host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, with you live in sunny Southern California, Just a reminder, you could hear this podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at CPGD. Alright, let's get right into it. So we had a couple of elimination games yesterday on Monday, and in fact, we only had a few games over the weekend. And it's been a pretty interesting series. Going into Monday's action... All four of these series were tied, or were three to one. No tied series, no sweeps. Every series was three to one. The Islanders are ahead three to one. The Vegas Golden Knights are ahead three to one. The Lightning were ahead three to one, and the Dallas Stars were ahead three to one. If you can believe that. And as I mentioned on, I think it was several avampados Locked On Kings recently. A little bit of trivia tidbit for you. So. Last round, the round one, there was no sweeps and there were no series that went the full seven. That had never happened in hockey history. Can that happen again? Hmm, yeah, I'm going to say maybe. It's a good chance of happening. Let's start with yesterday's action, shall we? Monday, August. Well, actually, I haven't even talked about the hockey action over the weekend. So I'll just quickly say that Tampa beat uh, Boston 3-1 on Saturday. The Islanders stunned the Flyers 3-1 on Saturday, and Vegas shut out Vancouver on Saturday. And then Vegas beat Vancouver again on Sunday, 5-3. Then the Isles beat Philly again, 3-2. And Dallas overcame a kind of good effort from Colorado. Dallas won that one 5-4, so all the series were 3-1. Going into yesterday. And we're going to go with the Lightning game last for reasons. We're going to start with the nightcap. It was the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche. And Colorado did not want to leave. In fact, they came out absolutely firing. And I had to flip back and forth between NHL Network and NBCSN in order to rewind and see the first few minutes of the Avs game. And that was pretty much where all the action was in that first period. Where, yeah, it, it was... Bad for Dallas. It was a really, really bad look. How bad were Pierre edouard Belmar got a nice goal at first, making it one nothing. Then Andrew Borukovsky made it two nothing. Then Nathan McKinnon blistered one from the faceoff dot, making it three nothing. And then a minute after that, Nazim Kadri made it four-nothing on a nifty little rebound attempt. And then a minute after that, Miko Rontinen scored his 6th of the playoffs to make it 5-0. I'm going to give you the times of all those goals just to illustrate how quickly these came. Belmar's first goal came out 4-37. Okay, fine. One goal. It was one nothing after 10 minutes. Not too bad yet. Keyword, yet. Burkovsky scored at 11:51 of the first. Then McKinnon scored at 12-32 of the first, only 41 seconds later. Kadri scored at 13:43. A minute And 11 seconds after that. Then Ben Bishop gets gets pulled. And then you have Kudobin. Come into the game. And only a few seconds after that. 14-27. Rantanen scores to make it 5-0 Colorado. They played with a renewed energy. They were skating way faster. Than the Dallas Stars in that first period. I don't want to say Dallas came out flat. Dallas looked okay in that first period. But Colorado played like the avalanche that we know. They played with a furious desperation that we have not seen all playoffs long. They kind of coasted a little bit against the Arizona Coyotes. They had spurts of scoring goals. But once they got off to that massive lead, they kind of drifted a little bit. They haven't played a team with the likes of the Dallas Stars since the round robin. So you have to look at how Colorado played these teams recently. And they got out to big leads. They kind of coasted through. And didn't really feel any pressure until now. Dallas has been an unexpected surprise in these playoffs. And to see him come out like that. You know what? I mean, it is what it is. It was a fast start. Dallas still has a couple of games. Now, in the second period, Joe Pavelski did score to make it 5-1. And then Miro Heiskanen made it 5-2 on the power play. So right after that power play, you begin to think, maybe Dallas can come back. We've seen this happen before. Where they score... Four, five goals in a row. They have the capability. Well, immediately after that high skin and power play goal, only 33 seconds later, Andre Burakovsky drilled one in. That was his second of the game. That made it six-two Colorado going into the second intermission, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah, Jamie Benn scored a power play. Yeah, that's great and all, but Dallas winds up losing. Colorado stays alive. They win Game Five, six to three, and that series is now three to two. In favor of the Dallas Stars. So now that sets up a game six taking place in Edmonton on Wednesday evening. That's a five o'clock Pacific start. So that's where we are in that playoff series. As far as the game goes, Colorado was 0 for 6 in the power play. That's something they need to fix. They've got to fix the power play. 0 for 6, not going to cut it. Dallas, 2 for 6 on the power play. Their special teams are still doing very well. But Colorado has to keep scoring in bunches if they're going to have any chance to come back on this series. You know Dallas is going to come back firing. They're going to adjust and they're going to try to upset the Colorado Avs. So that was yesterday's late game. And we will go much more in-depth with the Bruins and the Lightning after the first intermission. But let's talk about rockauto.com. They're a website that specializes in car parts, From cars all the way back to the 1930s, family owned and operated for over 20 years, rockauto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. Whether you have an old Geo Metro, maybe you have an old Saturn. Maybe those are still driving around. They have parts for that. Maybe you drive an old Packard. They have parts for that too. Maybe you're high end and you drive an Aston Martin. Guess what? They have parts for that car too. So head on over to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk about the Bruins and the Lightning and how that is good news for the Anaheim Ducks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by RockAuto.com. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and you are locked in on this Tuesday. All right, so we're going to talk about the Bruins and the Lightning series that just ended yesterday. This has a lot of meaning for Ducks fans, and we will get to that. But first, let's start with the game. So the Lightning went into last night trailing or leading the series 3-1. to one. Boston was trailing. Remember, they still do not have the service as a Tuca Rask, who left the bubble early to tend to his daughter, who was in the hospital. So Boston, looking pretty solid early on. They were getting the hits in. They were getting the shots on goal. They were looking pretty good. Um, First period, there was no score in the first period. Although, I have to give credit, the hits kept on coming. Boston did a pretty good job, to be honest of holding the Lightning to only five shots on that first period. I thought the ice was tilted in Boston's direction pretty much the entire game. Uh, They outshot Tampa pretty much most of the game up until that second overtime where they just just ran out of gas. In that second period, however, Andre Palat got his fifth of the postseason, making it 1-0 Tampa, but on a power play, Pasta scored. On a on a little redirect. So Pasta got his third of the postseason, tying the game up at one. Then Anthony Cirelli in the third made it two to one. But David Krejci, very late in regulation, got the game tying goal from the side to make it a two to two tie on a nice assist from Zdeno Chara. Those goals, they were kind of a little bit of a mix up there, a little bit of a mashup. Um. Throughout the entire game, there was a lot of bodies in front of the net. People trying to block shots. People trying to shield. Both teams, I thought, did a solid job on defense. More so Boston than anything. I was kind of surprised that both of those goals went in for Tampa. I'm going to say one of those goals I would kind of put on Yaroslav Halak. One of those. Not both of them. But that's where we were at the end of regulation it was 2 to 2 tie. Shots on goal at the time they were an astounding 35 to 21. That's it, 35 21 shots on goal in favor of Boston. And the shots kept on coming for Boston in the overtime. They outshot Tampa 11 to 7 in that overtime. And quite frankly, I legitimately thought Boston was going to win the game in that first overtime. With a couple of very, very close shots. Some fantastic saves on the part of Andre Vasilevsky. But none of them went in. So then we went to a second overtime. And in that second overtime, Tampa just took over completely. They neutralized Boston. They shut them down. Boston looked tired. That's part of it. They just looked like they were running out of gas. They only got one shot on goal. And it wasn't even a very high quality shot on goal. Tampa had seven shots on goal, including the last shot of the game, where from the left point, Victor Hedman slapped one towards the goal, just got it past a couple of screens, and that would be the game-winning goal. Victor Hedman, the former All-Star, won the game for the Lightning, won the series for the Lightning with a 3-2 victory in double overtime. That came 14-10 into the second overtime, and that would be the end of the series, and now a lot of question marks for Boston. Uh, One thing I want to talk about as far as that last goal is someone by the name of Braden Point, who should not be overlooked. He is one of those really fantastic guys that gets all over the place, handles the puck extraordinarily well, and I liked a couple of these stats, and this is courtesy of Mike Kelly at Mike Kelly NHL. So as far as the playoffs go, Braden Point is leading the entire NHL in puck battle wins. He is first with 77 puck battle wins. He's battling right in the corners. um, And that's what led partially to that goal is he was battling against I want to say Tori Krug, just beating him to the puck and winning that battle. So that's a big time stat as far as Braden Point goes. A fantastic play all around. And I want to say he beat... I'm pretty sure it was Tori Krug that he beat on that one. And then you go to later in that same shift where Braden Point brings the puck towards the outside to kind of get a shot on goal that missed completely. But Braden Point got the puck back, controlled the puck for as long as possible before finally passing it off to... Um, who was it that he passed it off to? He passed it off to Kevin Shattenkirk, who then passed it to Victor Hedman. And that was after the missed shot, and there was a loose puck battle, and he won that loose puck recovery. In the playoffs, he leads everybody with 278 loose puck recoveries just past Brad Marchand, was now out of the playoffs. Finally, Shattenkirk got the pass. Victor Hedman shot it from about the left faceoff circle. The shot crept in, and that was the game-winning goal. So once again, Tampa Bay. The Lightning are on their way to the Edmonton bubble, where they will play in the conference finals against either the New York Islanders or the Philadelphia Flyers. Now we get to the real meat and potatoes of how yesterday's game affects the Anaheim Ducks. If you guys recall, there was a pretty big trade that happened right at the trade deadline. This was the Andra Kasha deal, which, by the way, I don't know if the Bruins are liking that trade because Kasha didn't miss quite a few games. The Bruins got Nick Ritchie. He did not have a good playoff. In fact, he made some pretty careless plays, including one very stupid play that led to a major. And then you had Andra Kasha, who... When he was healthy and ready to go, he was good for the Bruins. But health was a factor as far as Kasha goes. In that trade, the Ducks did pick up a first-round pick, which would be affected with how the Bruins fared in the playoffs. Now, keep this in mind. The Boston Bruins were the President's Trophy Championships. They had the best record in the National Hockey League. Then they lost their playoff seeding, And ended up being kind of the underdogs. They did not look good in the bubble at all. With the Bruins being eliminated, instead of being the 31st pick in the draft, Anaheim now has the 27th pick of the first round. Along with their number 6 selection. So moving up 4 spots because Boston lost, that is not a bad thing folks. The Ducks have picked up some pretty decent talent in the first round in the past. And let's go back, let's go back to, um, let's say 2003. 19th pick, they got Ryan Getzloff. And then the 28th pick, they got Corey Perry. Those are two pretty good late round picks as far as the Ducks are concerned. Uh, Even in 2009, the 26th selection, they got Kyle Palmieri. He was pretty good. The 30th pick in 2011, they got Ricard Raquel, the all-star. They got Jacob Larson with a 27th pick. They got Sam Steele with a 30th selection in 2016. And Isaac Lundestrom with the 23rd pick in 2018. And even last year, Braden Tracy and Trevor Ziegris got the 9th pick overall. So the Ducks do know how to draft without getting a high pick. The highest pick they've ever gotten was number 2, and they had it twice. Back in 94, where they got Oleg um, Turdovsky, And then 2005, I want to say, where they picked up Bobby Ryan with the number two pick. So they don't necessarily need a top five pick in order to find good talent. They've gotten plenty of good talent in the draft, especially that 2003 draft. 2011 was a good draft for them. Uh, Even 2010, Cam Fowler, Emerson, Edom. Uh, 2009, Peter Holland, you know, that was okay. Cal Palmieri, that's a pretty good pickup in the NHL draft. And 2016, two late round picks, Max Jones, Sam Steele, both playing the majority of their time in San Diego, both still very young players. So we'll go more in depth as far as those draft picks later on this summer. In fact, I might try to go after those picks later this month and discuss who the Ducks are going to get with their number six pick, their number 27 pick, and I believe they also have a number 35 or 36 pick. So they can really do some damage in the second round. where they've had some moderate success in the second round before. They got John Gibson with the 39th pick back in 2011. Man, that was a good draft. Ricard, Raquel, and John Gibson? Damn, that's pretty good. (laughs) So that should give a little bit of hope to Ducks fans everywhere that are hoping for a good, solid draft. And this year's draft is pretty deep. So let's keep an eye out as far as who the Ducks are going to pick up on this draft. So, yeah, I guess it's good news that the Bruins lost, although I feel bad for my buddy Ian McLaren, who hosts Locked on Bruins. He's pretty sad about how this season ended up. But it is what it is. The Bruins are eliminated. And just briefly, a lot of question marks around the Bruins. A lot. Where is Adano Jarber going to go? Is he going to resign? Most likely not. Is he going to retire? We don't know. He is an unrestricted free agent. So, again, a lot of question marks there. He's been the captain of the Bruins for the past 14 seasons. He's 43 years old. So you've got to think that at 43 years old, he might just up and retire and say peace out. He's had a solid career, a very solid career. So maybe there's no huge reason why he should stick around. Uh, David Krejci, he's a UFA next season, so nothing too worried about that. But Shara, he's a UFA. Tori Krug, he's also an unrestricted free agent. I don't know how much he's going to garner. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of big question marks there. Jake DeBrusque is also a free agent, and so is uh, Joachim Nordstrom. So let's just keep an eye on their offseason And see where that goes. Oh yeah, Kevin Miller is also a free agent. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. So there you go. Uh, With that, I think we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Or follow me at StimpyJD. And you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And make sure to ask to ask your smart device to play Locked on NHL, to hear the likes of Sarah Avampado talk about the week in hockey. I was on Locked on NHL this week. If you hear the last episode of Locked on NHL, I did a bit of a roundtable about racism, about race and black lives in the NHL, a roundtable with Trey Matthews and Jared Ellis from Locked on Hurricanes. You could hear a part of that interview on Locked on NHL Or hear the entire thing on Locked On Hurricanes. So yeah, those are a couple of places to check out. Thanks everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Practice social distancing and ducks fly together.